Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I'm Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Distinguished Adventurers. Distinguished Adventurers, welcome to our heroes' post-campaign adventure. Travancore, Bernie, Carlton, and Jonathan have worked hard over months, traveling the world, visiting other planes, and saving the universe, all to become the level 20 heroes that they are today. But what's a retirement without one last job? So welcome to Wendergod's Tower, Episode 1, a short post-campaign adventure where the team is going to clean up a lingering task they've had literally since the beginning of their travels together. <laughs> this is so peak me. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie's gonna go, oh my god, like is that a is that a red squirrel? They're so uncommon in this part of the world, which is really <laughs> actually quite interesting because in other parts of the world they've actually outcompeted gray squirrels. That's a true fact, ladies and gentlemen. True fact. And it didn't even have to come from Travancore, who's a part druid. Okay. I learned that from our summer intern. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> Big up, Courtney. <laughs> You will not needed to have listened to anything about the first campaign to enjoy this jaunt for a wizard's tower. So if you're new to the tales of the Heralds of Greenest, then welcome. But before we begin, we start off with our usual icebreaker as snacks and drinks are an important part of any D&D game. I'm going to talk about my drink. I have something actually quite special because my lovely husband, Luke, was gone visiting family in Scotland recently. It was a trip that he had put off for many, 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 many years. Finally got a chance to go and see his ancestral homeland, be with his dad. And he picked up, as you probably imagine, some scotch, some scotch whiskey. So this is the Glen Moray Bayside Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. It is in a cute little bottle. I have been taught how to drink this, which is apparently you do the the rotation thing to get as much of the oil out of it as possible because they try to get the oil out of it before they put it in the bottles, but you can't get everything. So you swirl it around in the cup and then you, and, hmm. And I like this one because the other one that we tried, it was strong, but this one is nice and smooth and warm and it brings me joy. And I also have a very large cup of water because that's how this works. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is uh, cane sugar coke slash Mexican coke with a combination of Woodford Reserve Kentucky malt whiskey, actually. Oh, so, Woodford Reserve is so good. Yeah, I, I didn't care for the whiskey so much. I love, the, I love their bourbon, but I didn't care for their single malt whiskey. But it does pair really well with uh, this. I don't think it would be too well as well with the corn soda, but, uh, but cane sugar, it's just... Uh, chef's kiss and you can see the actual it's in my wife's new orleans uh well you can't see it because i got wrong glass here uh you can't see my glass <laughs> because of wrong glass um blurred background How apropos and uh, there's a little skull on the side so it's made me think of vita from super monsters to show that you guys may not know because except for maybe john no one has a reason to know it but it also makes me kind of sad because when i think of vita i think of lobo who's voiced by the guy who betrayed the colonial fleet so kid icarus emile hamilton it doesn't matter. They all betrayed the colonial, and I'll never forgive them. This this was this was a, a, a journey. This was a a journey that I fully enjoyed. Since it came up, Carlton, what are you drinking tonight? I have one of the prebiotic sodas that Mrs. Carlton brought me for the show, uh, and this one is orange flavored. Ooh, who loves orange soda? Carlton oh. loves orange soda. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Ooh. <laughs> And it's probiotic. Yay. Yeah. That's always fun. Bernie, what are you drinking? Right now, I have water. (laughs) Nectar of the gods. Earlier, uh, I actually have a colleague who is moving to New Delhi next Sunday. And we had like a very small farewell for him. And we were joking where we were like, oh, well, obviously the next time we see you, you will be a complete food snob and you will be like, nothing. I'm white and I have moved to this country where non-white people live. So now I'm going to tell you that none of the food is as nearly, like we were sort of making that, are you ready to be a white 
uh, food snob that actually knows nothing about food. And he's like, I'm very excited to be a white food snob who knows nothing about the food. He's like, because I'm going to eat very, very well. Uh, and I don't really care. He's like, I'm just going to eat it all and try yeah. everything. Yes. And I was like, if you will excuse me, I'm going to text my husband and ask if we can order Indian food. There you go. Ottawa has a plethora of amazing Indian restaurants. So the thing I was drinking that we also ordered, we ordered mango lassies and I just nice mine up before it is the perfect summery drink that is my wife's favorite she loves mangolesi magical 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 drink it's so good and we ordered one and we split it because they are thick and also we were ordering food we would knew we would eat we knew how much we could eat and then we knew how much we were going to eat which is like well past that line and i'm just like the only thing i regret is not ordering Instead of splitting like one big one, not just ordering a whole one for myself. There is no transition from that, so we're just going to go straight to Jonathan. What are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular. And tonight, I have a recent classic. It's a whistle down. It is Fright Zero. It is lemonade vodka, and it is uh, a little shot of lemon, and it is delicious. And tonight's shot of Fireball to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, there probably will be some spells slung, is dedicated to our friend... Resident official artist and partner to our DM, Luke McKay. Hooray. Incredible guy. I'll tell a, a real quick story. We were at uh, Jules's wedding, actually, and we're sitting at our table uh, during the dinner. And uh, of course, and I go over to Luke and I'm like, hey, I need a commission. I'm going to commission you right now on something. And I wanted him to do a an animated, because he was experimenting with animation. I wanted him to do an animated as if it as if Jonathan the Metromuscular was an idle champion. And he did. I just, I'd lost the file. I don't know where it is. But yeah, it was like him we'll, in a, like we'll a neutral, like, uh, like, you know, yeah. uh, stance kind of stance. bumping back and forth. Oh, yeah. And then he also did my player character in another game that a friend of the show, Izzy, was running, the Made of Wood Warforged Druid. Uh, and he, Oh, I remember that character. I, I yeah. have that guy in my car. He, he, he's on my dashboard. And uh, and so, yeah, Luke, this this shot of fireball is deservedly for you. We will get you that that animated GIF. I'm pretty sure it's a GIF. It might be it was a, a It was know. a GIF, I think. We will get you that GIF gift because I'm sure Luke still has it on his computer. But as with that, let's start Wender God's Tower. I'm excited. You are all standing in front of the titular tower. It has been a while. It's been oh, like a squirrel. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> I never thought we would be here. I go up to the, the side of the building and I lick it. And I, when I'm doing it, I stare at Bernie. <laughs> Bernie, Bernie pats, Bernie's going to pat John the Magnet Muscular on the arm. Up. 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 Yep. <laughs> and uh, she is going to go over to the place where Carlton licked the tower and drag her tongue up it and say, Mine! Jonathan the Magnet Muscular uh, raises Bernie. If Jonathan the Magic Muscular is about just uh, a little bit six foot and Bernie is what, like three feet? I think I decided. Three foot something? I, was, I think she can be three I, feet, right? She can be whatever you want. I just, my, my goal, my goal is to put her face a little higher than Carlton's face, thus asserting the dominant. Uh, the small uh, dominance. Yes. The, the, her, her lick slightly trumps yours. Just, just a little. I did not know that height was was the deciding factor, but hey, learn something. And new then every Bernie's day. gonna go. Actually, since we share this tower equally, we should all lick it. And she's gonna look at Jonathan and Dravencore and just raise her <laughs> eyebrows and be like, "Come on, this is part of taking ownership of a building." Jonathan the Magic Muscular rolls his eyes, still holding Bernie above his head, uh, yeah. and like, ah. get in here, Travancore. Travancore is gonna look over at Shadow and he's gonna say one word: delegation. And then he, she's going to instruct Shadow to lick the tower on, on Travancore's behalf. And your armored bear very happily walks up and with a giant slobbering tongue. This is interesting. New listeners, is this what you thought you signed up for? <laughs> yes. Yes, I hope it is. As, as Shadow is licking, Bucks has flown down and now perches on the top of Bernie's head. Having licked the tower a couple of dozen feet above us, he sends the image of a blue ribbon with a generic, like, number, you know, hum number sign one on it, thinking <laughs> that he has won the hype game. I'm like, I don't think it's working like that, buddy, but uh, but good try. And he... 
I mean, it's a magical world. Who's to say that the bear can't own a tower? I do need, however, everybody who has licked the tower to give me an arcana check. Oh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, you know, that constitution check's so for you assholes. is arcana? Let's see. It'll be intellect. Oh, boy. Oh, First natural it. 20. <laughs> wow. All right. So you got a nat 20, but what's your total arcana? 21. Jonathan, how about you and Bucks? Uh, Bucks, Bucks got a got a zero because as an owl, he got a, he has a negative four and rolled a four. Oh no! Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular got a twenty-eight. Bernie also got a four, but she doesn't have a negative four. She's got four. Well, how'd Shadow do? Shadow rolled a one, but it's not a natural one because he has a penalty to his intelligence. Okay. Okay. Here's what I think. I think Bernie. Shadow and Bucks are all really focused on who is winning the height war. And Bernie, since you're being held by Jonathan, you're doing a lot of straining and Bucks is trying to fly up and lick higher. But, you know, it's hard to fly. Owls don't hover. So it's hard to kind of fly and lick. And Shadow has climbed onto his back legs and is like, oh, and it, it's turning into a, a weird race up the tower. Carlton and Jonathan, weirdly Carlton, but also Jonathan, the two of you, there's like a strange electricity to the outside of this tower. It is a black obsidian tower that you can already tell is rife with adamantine in it. All of you can see that despite the fact that this has been here, who knows how long, there's no cracks in any of the, the stone. The door you are standing in front of seems perfect. And it actually, what you discovered was the only way to see this tower was to be holding the actual deed to it and then approach it. So there was this awkward moment just before the show started and where all of you were holding onto this piece of paper so you could see the tower. The two of you that have licked it, here's what I'm going to say, Carlton... What you get out of it, there's something about licking it that gives you some information about the construction of it. Between looking at it and licking it, nothing comes off on your tongue. There's no residue. There's no little bits of rock. There's no mortar. It is like licking something that has that electricity taste to it, but there's you pull nothing from it. Like every other building on the planet, you could lick and get a splinter or some bits of dust or something. Nothing, absolutely nothing. The stone is perfectly smooth to an extent that it is a little weird. You really think this is a magical creation. This was not built by just anyone with a bunch of mortar and rock. Jonathan, your high roll also gives you that this building, it's not only made out of adamantine, but the enchantments behind it are going to make it pretty impervious to damage. Not only did it have the illusion on top of it to prevent people from even seeing it without having the deed, but it's prevented from taking any damage and magic that would alter its form, like say stone shape or create openings through it, like pass wall or port portable hole, are not going to work. In hmm. fact, you're pretty sure once you enter this tower, you are not going to be able to teleport in or out, that you would need to come back to this door in order to exit the building. Jonathan the Magimuscular explains all this, and it's like, so I guess there's not going to be a ripcord in this one that we can pull. Well, that'll be, it'll be fine. It's just some weird dead guy and his reanim the reanimated corpse of his dragon's old tower. But now it's ours. I'm so sad I don't have a skull anymore. What did we do with Murray? You Not have Murray. Murray. No, Murray's a different skull. No, what, what? Let me oh, get right, Murray right. out. Murray, Bernie says we are. We're gonna let's see. Let's see how much time the we next can best waste. Skull. Yes. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? I haven't talked to you since you saved the universe. Where the hell are we? We're at this. Oh, you would love it. <laughs> Wait, he could see it. He didn't touch the paper. Murray, how can you see this? How can I see what? The tower in front of us? Yes. A magic. Eh. For our listeners at home who don't know what Murray is, Murray is a talking skull. Murray is an enchanted talking skull that our, our players don't know too much about, except once a day, he can talk for 10 minutes if they activate him. Yeah. Yeah, so where are we? So this is Wendergod's Tower. This is our place. Yeah. Did you know him? He was very old and very 
weird and a little undead. Uh, see, I know a lot of weird guys, and I know a lot of undead people, and I know... Wonder God doesn't sound familiar, though. That's that's a new name to me. But hey, you know, I've been dead for a while, so people come and go, everything like that. But nah, doesn't doesn't ring a bell. This is an impressive tower, though. This is super impressive. I always wanted one of these. Is this adamantine? Did someone lick it already? I'd lick it if I had a tongue. <laughs> Would you like us to kind of hold your face up to the tower and you can kind of, like, nudge it with your teeth? Does that count? I'll let it count. Uh, then yes, please. I'd like to stake my claim on this tower for when I finally have a body. You do understand this will be a one, and Bernie's like counting the group, the four of them, plus the bear, plus, plus the owl. The owl. And I guess Coco Snoot has just, he's just looking around, just, just giving a little like, <laughs> Are we getting to sign a timeshare agreement? I think that's <laughs> a one-eighth share of the tower so we do have to make all decisions about finances collectively oh yeah sure i mean hey listen i'm i'm all for this because let's face it if i don't get in on this i got nothing but if i get in on this i get one-eighth of it traveling corner win right you want to like help him like gum the tower (laughs) (laughs) it's like when you take depending on, on on how old you are either two dolls Two action figures or two collectibles. You put their faces together like, you know, And now kiss. Yes. Travancore, you've got Murray, the skull? Yeah, I guess so. So I'll uh, I'll take uh, Murray up to the tower while wondering to himself whether it's saliva that makes the uh, the licking lime binding or no. You hold the completely skinless, cartilageless, there's nothing but a, a skull. The, the only reason that the jaw stays attached is through sheer force of Murray's will. You hold the mouth up to the tower, and Emery goes, all right, I think that's the best I can do unless someone wants to lick it for me. Excellent penmanship, Murray. Oh, thanks. You know, I, I do my best with what I got. But no, I mean, this is a really impressive tower. So you going on in? There's always good stuff in these in these towers. I've, I've raided several in my life. You can get to the top of the bottom. It's always the top of the bottom. Sometimes the tower is just like a fake tower, and really what you gotta do is go down. I don't know which one this is, but if you get to the top of the bottom, there's always good shit. It's great. What do you reckon's hmm. in the middle? A, a bunch of random shit. If this is really where your your friend lived, then probably a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of random stuff. Nothing really that important. Maybe a couple traps, but uh, I, I don't know. But the, the, the stuff, the stuff, wherever he keeps the stuff, that's going to be... That's going to be guarded. You're going to want to be careful of that. I wouldn't call him a friend. Jonathan the Magimuscular fe- feels that if this is, if the stuff really is below, it's not, it's not a, it's got a spire and an inverted spire. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Well, you'll find out soon enough. I mean, wizards, they, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jonathan, you're awesome. But wizards, when they do these tower things, there's like a standard blueprint that they all want to go after. I mean, there was this wizard long ago that everybody wants to emulate. And so they, it's the up or the down. And oh, it's just, it's boring, really. No one makes a ziggurat anymore. Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular, uh, uh, his family, even though we're from uh, Calendar, go back far enough, we're, we're from Cholt. And uh, the Choltians, they they love their ziggurats. They, they love two things, ziggurats and building ziggurats around cenotes. I mean, ziggurats are awesome. You get a lot of room on the ground floor, which is really what you want. Like a tower, it's cool, all right? Yeah, tower, tower, yeah, you go up high. But really what you want, because it's way more accessible, is you want that ground floor. That ground floor square footage is super good. And then you have places to put the elevator, and then and then Murray goes quiet. Oh. Well, I guess we have to go inside. I brought snacks. What kind of oh, snacks? Oh, what kind of snacks? No, yeah. oh, no. I have good. No, open the door. <laughs> I have good berry bless bars here, and I hand them out, and I eat one. That's a good idea, and Bernie's gonna eat one too. <laughs> uh, and as you do, you gain six temporary hit points. Nice. Oh, nice. Because that's my new feet, Chef. Nice, Chef Yay. Carlton. Seriously, Chef Carlton. Seriously. Okay. Seriously, so- <laughs> you get six temporary hit points by eating one of uh-huh. my my treats. And yep. Travancore eats them. Jonathan the Magimuscular noshes that that deliciousness down. And if we take a short rest, I can make us lunch. Shall we open the door? Do we? Okay, we own this now, but I do feel like he would have trapped the front door. And I, she's going to look at Jonathan and say, or, or I guess Travancore. Because I feel like there's probably magic traps and there's probably like trap traps. All right. Yeah. So Jonathan yeah. the Magimuscular will give it a, uh, give it the hairy eyeball and give, give it a, give it a search for traps. And then I'll handle the manual check. 
manual labor by by a prince or ambassador general. How uncouth. Chargé d'affaires, the mission Faerun. I mean, it's a good title. All right, Travancore, give me an investigation check. Jonathan, give me an arcana check. Detective unless Travancore you are investigates. Unless one of you are casting a spell or using an ability to help with this. Uh, now, Jonathan is, uh, he's a little distracted, so he rolls a 15. And an 18 for good old Travancore. Travancore looking over this door. Besides the fact that the stone work on this is impeccable, the stones come together perfectly. The door itself is also made out of this adamantine that is so perfectly flush with the rest of the exterior wall that you can't even imagine someone could trap this. There's no place to hide it. Jonathan, as you are looking over this, you don't think there's any magical traps beyond the fact that there's no way for anyone to see this tower unless they had been holding the scroll that was the deed at some point. You also think, because you're holding the deed, you're the one that has to open the door, that it just won't open for anyone else. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Opens the door. I imagine Jonathan says that before opening (laughs) the door. Because when you do open the door, it's quiet. It is smooth, as though it has been recently oiled, you guess. It opens out, no sound, really easily. And you all step inside. Winter God's Tower. The interior of this tower, it's clean. It's a little gaudy, but it's nice. There's purple rugs lining all the the hallways that you can see with gold trim. There are wood-framed portraits all over the place, most of them stylized versions of a variety of, of very epic monsters. You see purple worms, you see Something that looks like it's floating in space with weird crab claws. You even see a chimera or two. You see plush sitting chairs next to little tables, like little reading nooks. And it's a little gaudy, but it is impeccably clean. For someone who hasn't been back to this tower in what could have been decades or centuries, it seems like, if not lived in, cleaned in. So this tower is square. It is not a round tower. To your immediate left and your immediate right, you see rooms, doors that lead into rooms closed. Down the hallways, and they're big, wide hallways, so you can kind of see pretty far. You see in the far left corner, just before it gets blocked off, you can see there's another room probably in that far left corner and another room in the far right corner. And directly in front of you is another room, almost kind of in the center of this tower. All of the doors in this place are more of that adamantine, but the interior doors all have stained glass in them of various patterns and colors that are actually kind of pretty. And that's what you see. Carlton's going to go into one of those plush chairs and immediately plop down, because this is our place now. And he's going to work on his ass groove. All right. You sit down. It's a little small for you. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. It has obviously been made for someone who is at least a couple of feet, probably shorter than you. But it is plush. It is nice. And when you sit, there's no, like, explosion of dust that you expect. And the table next to you seems to be completely clean. There's nothing on it. And it's a nice little wooden table. But the chair is comfy. Guys, these chairs. Boss. (laughs) <laughs> Wendergott had taste. Well, I guess everyone has taste. Question is, did he have good taste or bad taste? Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to experiment with something. He's going to pick up... How many How many chairs were there total? Just the one, or...? There's two that you can see. Kind of one on the left hallway and one on the right hallway. Okay. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to pick up one of the chairs. And he's going to try and set it outside the front door. See what happens. You do that. Okay. You pick it up. You walk it outside, you set it down, gets a little muddy in the in the dirt. Okay, Jonathan Batramuscular puts it back inside. The tower is lootable. <laughs> it is not a Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion. You can take stuff. But, it, but it's ours. So why do we have to loot ours? Point of order. It's not looting, yeah. No, no. What I'm saying is that we can, anything we take, we can leave with. Got it. Wait, also, the question I have is, the chair got a little muddy. When it comes back in the tower, does it stay muddy? Do you bring it back in the tower? Yeah. Okay. 
Do you put it back down somewhere? Put it back right by the door, not where it was. Okay. You put it down. The feet are still muddy. It's not like coated in mud. It's just a little bit of mud. You you can kind of hear it squish as it lands on the floor, which is also made of that black adamantine. It's This tower would be kind of spooky impressive if the the tapestries and all of the rugs and everything didn't have a, a very gaudy feel to it. Bernie, roll me a perception check. Alrighty. Wow, we're just rolling for tonight, but that's a nine with my with okay. my bonus. You see that the the dirt has and the mud has kind of landed on the ground, and eh, that's all real. Nothing seems to be going wrong with it. Hmm. We should talk about naming rights. We could call it Wondergod's Tower, but it's not Wondergod's Tower. It's our tower. I know there was a name we were thinking about before. What was it? Fort Kickass, Fort McAwesome, something along those lines. Let's get to know the tower before we name it. That's fair. This is a new relationship. I was going to say Harold's house, but I'm saving that for the my tavern. Mm. That's good. I like that, Carlton. Save that. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good tavern. I've name. already got a gnome back in Waterdeep working on my sign. Can you spell it? H-A-U-S. <laughs> yes, that's true. Harold, like what we are, the Harold's the greenest. How would Carlton spell it? I guess this is what we're getting at. Oh. Did, I know how to spell Harold. You know, I was going to ask, like, did we I have a 12 fight intelligence. A of, <laughs> did we fight a bunch of two-bit Heralds? But no, that was all our uh, Lower Decks characters fighting off the band of Heralds. That's true. Carlton. Yes. You hear clomping coming from the right-hand side, the right-hand hallway. Hey, somebody's clomping around in our house. Carlton's going to go investigate to the right. Trev and Cora's going to go with him. Bernie's gonna watch. The Distinguished Adventurers are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and more. Every week there's something new happening in the game, and it's available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on June 19th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. R-I-A-S-B-A-G-S-F O-Y-S. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. The two of you walk a little ways down the right hallway, and it doesn't take you long to hear what the clopping is. You see an animated broom hopping Forward, very slowly. As it approaches you, it just cut slowly... Cut it in half, cut it in half and see if we can make two probes. And then approaches the front door where it seems to stop. And then it just kind of stays by the front door for a little while. And Carlton and, and Travancore, you then hear... As a little dustpan comes hopping out, animated. You know, tiny little thing. Comes on over to the broom, and the two of them start to clean up the dirt that had been brought in from your entrance. When they get to the chair that had been left there that has the muddy feet, they do their best to clean up. Of course, there's mud on the chair, so they they can only do so much as a broom and a dustpan. And then eventually, the dustpan seems to do a flick in the air, and whatever was in it disappears, and the two of them... As they start to go past us, I go to them... Are you constructs or are you souls trapped in inanimate objects? Uh, the two continue to move, ignoring you, with the exception of they must be constructs moving around you. Jonathan, roll an Arcana check. All it's right, it's not a teapot thing. We're good. Yeah, life of the owner plus seventy five years, unless you your government is very petty. That's my understanding. Of copyright law <laughs> twenty four. These are animated object spells. Ah, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular swears he. As the broom is coming out, he swears he hears in draconic foreign contaminant. <laughs> speaking of speaking of some some uh, D-related copyrights. <laughs> at, at least you're not starting up Fantasia on us, okay? Do, 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 do. No. Oh. No. I don't want to get YMCA'd. 
(laughs) (laughs) So far, it hasn't interacted with anybody with the exception of moving around them to get around them. As you throw the dirt, they finish whatever portion of the floor they're working on and move over to the freshly made dirty floor and start to clean it up. I go to Travancore and I'm like, Bernie's got a new Sir Alistair Duke. Oh, gosh. Like, analog mudrons. like, I think this is good. I think this is all we need from this tower. These are fantastic. And and they off into somewhere into the tower. I'm gonna go ahead and check out the uh, that room to the uh, the left there. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and open up the door. Okay, for the future to make life easy, north is up, south is down, west is left, east is right. That way, as you wander the tower, you can give me some cardinal directions, and and I know which way In you're a talking westerly, about. Westerly, lefterly direction. Okay, so you're going for the southwest door. You approach it. The oo-est direction, which I think is the dumbest of the things. Carlton, Jonathan the Metromuscular observes that you're, uh, you're using proper dungeon slash mate etiquette by heading to the, uh, to the left. Excellent plan. Left is beft. Uh, yes, you walk on over to that door. Do you just open it or are you examining it? I just open it. This okay. is my house. I'm not expecting it to be trapped. It is not locked. It doesn't seem to be trapped. Like nothing happens except you open the door. The stained glass on this door, you do notice has, it doesn't have a pattern in it as much as it has a blue overtone to it, but it seems to just be a nice little pattern. Hey, Jonathan, it's blue like your fire. I enter. And here comes some fire. <laughs> as you enter this room, and, and the fire. You enter this room, 10, 25, 10, 15, it's about 30 by 50. It's a, a pretty large size room. It's fairly empty. You notice on one wall, kind of the wall to your left as you enter, a couple of places to sit, some more of those plush chairs and like one sitting table. The right wall, however, seems to be covered in a clear glass. It's more of that black obsidian, but then there's a a sheet of glass over it. And... As you look at it, it's almost as though you're looking at mist behind the glass. I approach the glass. You approach the glass. Uh, And then I give like a gentle tap tap like you do to a fish tank. Excellent. Go ahead and roll me a D100. I would love to. 89. 89. As you touch the glass. I die. Yes, you're dead. That's the end of the adventure. Oh, what a way. Bernie goes, wait, 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 I can fix it. Roll again. (laughs) I can fix it. As you tap on the glass, as though you had, you don't feel water or anything. Your finger doesn't go into the glass, but it is as though it ripples out in in a circular pattern from where you've touched it. And as it ripples out, the fog fades and the entire wall of this room is now as though you're looking through a window into some place. It's a city. It seems to be a very busy city with uh, very nice cobblestone streets. The buildings around are of every kind of shape and model. Like it's, it's a very hodgepodge place, but lots of three, four, five-story buildings. The two things you notice, especially with your passive perception, the amount of people walking on this on this road that you're watching, there are beings you have never seen before. There's humans and elves and dwarves and, you know, Aarakocra and all those kinds of beings that you've met in Faerun. But there are creatures here that are obviously sentient beings walking, doing stuff, you know, just living their life. But there is a creature that looks like a giant red mantis walking down the road that you've never seen before. There's like what you think is a gelatinous cube, but it's actually then shapes itself into a humanoid and starts to walk. And as you continue to look past these people down the street, you realize the further you look, it's as though you're kind of inside. It's like this city is inside a great wheel. Carlton, you said there was chairs in this room. He's going to drag one of the chairs to the center of the room and plop it in front of this giant obsidian glass thing and sit down and watch the show. 
All right. You are essentially people watching on a, a city somewhere that you've never seen before. Jonathan, check, check it out. B -b -b Magic. Huh. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going gonna, is gonna to go up to this obsidian slab, which I assume is uh, around a s 16 units by 9 units tall. Just about, yeah. And it's... <laughs> It's obsidian with like a layer of glass over it. Right. And, and right now you actually don't even see the obsidian. It looks like a wall to the outside to a city. Pull up a chair, bud. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a sec. So Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to like, going to look at the outside and, and try and try and discern what this thing is. If it's like, if it's an illusion or if it's like, we're actually seeing like a live, a live stream from somewhere. Hmm. Um, give me an investigation or a nature check. Uh, I think that's gonna be investigation. I'm gonna call this the temporal viewer or TV for short. It's a hell of a hell of a name there. <laughs> uh, 13. Uh, with a 13, you're pretty sure this isn't an illusion in the sense of like, it's not a, a minor illusion. What you're seeing might be real. You're unsure. <clears throat> well, that's so is it it looks like it's permanently fixed to this wall, right? We can't we can't steal this guy's plasma. Are you trying to take the TV off the wall? I mean, you can certainly plasma try. We really are robbing this. We can't we here we <laughs> It's ours. We, we don't murdered have to move someone it. and now we're robbing them. This is like that's quintessential D&D. This is literally, we have bookended our entire campaign with the stereotypical D&D murder hobo. Well, no, because it was self-defense. He tried to kill us first. That is true. Stand your ground laws. Okay. I don't think stand your ground also includes going into whoever's house and just taking all their shit. Jonathan, with that investigation check, it's not like there's any place that you could grab hold of as mm -hmm. far as you can tell this glass is flush with all sides of the room and this room is like 15 feet tall and 30 feet wide right so it's the entire wall i go up and i touch it again but like in a circular motion to see if i can change the angle or the city i'll go ahead and roll a d100 64 as you touch it 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 is you can tell that it has nothing to do with, like, the way you move your hand. Like, the turning of your hand doesn't change anything. But as soon as you touch it, once again, the ripples come out across the entire plane of glass. And the cityscape vanishes. You see before you an obsidian wasteland. Oh, that's scary. It's almost as though you can see the heat in the air as the temperature here must be ridiculously hot. On the right side, far in the distance, you see mountains, you think, but they might actually be volcanoes. You see glow coming off the top of them. On the left, there is what looks to be a beach covered in bits and pieces of black and silver and yellow pebbles. And all of a sudden, as you are viewing this landscape, the sky overhead is roiling red clouds. And as though wherever you are viewing, something had come through the room, all of a sudden, from where you are into view is this horrific, massive fire tornado that could be hundreds of feet in the air for all you know. You don't hear anything. You didn't hear any of the people before. You don't hear anything now. But this massive cyclone of fire and wind goes through the front, essentially, of the glass and keeps going forward, ripping up parts of the ground, burning things to ash. Like... On our side of things? No, like, like oh. it's in, if we're using the TV as the example, it is though someone has put down a camera. Yeah, and from behind the camera. From behind the camera, yes. Got so it. all of a sudden your view is just completely obscured by fire and wind. And a few seconds later, the tornado has moved past your view enough that you can get a glimpse of it to understand what Got happened. I, I don't like this show. Uh, uh, let's, let's, go, let's go to another room. 
Well, yeah, hopefully it'll turn itself off. Well, you know what? We will, uh, we'll, yeah, maybe, maybe it'll recognize when no one's standing in front of it. Let's put a pin in this one, Carlton. Yeah. Was there anything else in the room besides the, 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 like, no small obsidian piece of rectangle or something where I can use to control it from a distance? Yeah, scrub back to when the fire cyclone was hitting so we could rewatch that, maybe put it in, uh, slow mo. Where's my remote, Car- Lauren? Carlton, roll me an investigation check. And in a second, I'm going to ask what Bernie and Travancore have been doing during this, because I, I don't think you've entered the room, but let me finish this I up. feel like debating the finer points of m- murder, hobotry, and property law might be a fun way to do it. Or maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> What'd you get, Carlton? Eleven. You and Jonathan leave this room. The door to this room, unlike the front door, which, unless someone has closed it, is actually still just hanging open, these doors seem to, after you've opened them, very slowly close again. And as you approach the door to open it, you do notice on the back of the door, there is a sign that says, do not tap on glass. I uh, pulled that sign down. Give me a strength check, because it is attached to the back of that door. As Carlton, like, <laughs> is trying to move his hand down, Jonathan's going to try and, like, just lift his hand back up. Like, no, maybe we, maybe that stays there. 21. Carlton, you, you reach out and try to dig your fingers in somewhere along the edges of this sign, which also does seem to be made out of the adamantine of this building. And it's not a really good grip, but you think you've got a grip on it and pull, nothing happens. All right. We didn't see that sign. It's not my fault. Jonathan, let's go. Right. As the two of you exit, Travancore and Bernie, what have, what have you been up to? Well, obviously, Bernie was enjoying watching the little uh, broom and dustbin work. And so she wants to go find out where they live. I will say, as you're following the two of them as they leave, then a rag comes from around a corner that seems to be wet. It's moving like an earthworm on the on the ground, and it comes up to where the dirt and the mud is on the bottom of the chair and the bottom of the floor and uses itself to wipe up the mud, which I, I will say you do watch as you follow the broom and dustpan down the right hallway and... The rooms on the southeast side, there are two of them next to each other. And the one that's in the the corner of the tower, door is closed. But the one directly next to it, as the broom and dustpan get close to it, the door opens. They hop, walk, slide. You're not sure. In, and the door gently closes again. Brian wants to open the door. Okay. You open the door. And before I describe this, Travancore, what, what are you up to? I feel like Travancore is kind of lost in his own head about like uh, the finer points of like property possession. It's like, well, what what do we do in this this situation? He tried to kill <laughs> us. We got this weed. It, I mean, it, our, we didn't get it for killing him. We defended ourselves. Like, do you hand it off to the state or the government? Isn't that just a form of giving something that belongs to someone else to a group, the group you belong to? Like, what is the proper procedure here? Does it go back to nature? Do you do you try to see nice and kin? And and, and Travancore is just sort of lost in his own head about all these things. You continue to watch the rag as it very deftly cleans up all of the mud on the floor. And then it seems to shake itself and wring itself out. And despite the fact that it should then, you know, the floor should be wet and muddy from where it wrung itself out, like the dustpan, everything that it had picked up just seems to vanish. And then it earthworms its way back towards the door that Bernie is standing in front of as as she has opened up the door. Let me tell you, I'm getting Keeper vibes off of those things. Like, the Keepers from Mass Effect, I'm, like, waiting. I don't know, like, part of me... Like, this isn't even traffic with. This is Jack as a person thinking, is there a signal that's going to go off to these things and they're going to execute Order 66 or something? <laughs> well, you know, maybe you'll find out now. As you open the door, Bernie, you are... It's a busy room, but it's a slow busy room. It looks like a kitchen. Stainless steel counters, tons of storage space. Uh, you see two different ovens, a sink, a a table in the middle where someone could be preparing food. This looks like the kitchen to what would be a very fancy inn. And as you follow the broom and dustpan and kind of stop at the door to watch them, they dip it, dip it, dip it, dip it, over to a corner where there is a closet that just opens and they walk into and the closet closes. You also do notice that there are these stoves, there's cauldrons, there's cooking utensils. There is food, 
but it's sparse. You see spices. You see stuff that would keep very well, basically. You see a lot of places where there are bowls, plates, goblets, mugs. There are several candlesticks waiting to be filled with candles and lit. And every once in a while, you see something get picked up, moved, and put down. Bernie's gonna say, Um, I'm a little hungry. Nothing seems to happen. You do also notice that there is a door leading from this kitchen on your right. So to the Well, first thing she's going to do is go to the closet and open it up and see if there's any more cleaning friends. Uh, You open that same closet that the broom and dustpan went into. You see four brooms and four dustpans all just neatly lined up. Hello, friends. Nothing happens. Okay. Part of me knows we're probably trying to get to the rest of the tower. The other part of me wants Bernie to spend some time doing some elaborative dirt patterns on the floor so she can make all of the cleaning supplies dance. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can do both. We, we can do all these things. I can, I can fast forward in time as you... Do you just pick up dirt from outside? Do you grab from somewhere else? Well, she doesn't want to waste food. Here's the thing. She also doesn't want to waste someone else's labor. That's why I say Parmy wants Bernie to make some kind of like elaborate like I really in my head if we had all the time in the world and we take possession of Wintergrad's tower one day she's going to spend her time dirt drawing little waltz footsteps you know like the like old school how to do the waltz on the floor so that <laughs> everything comes out and waltzes away the dirt I'm going to I'm going to say Bernie Give me a performance check for future Bernie. Oh, man. For future Bernie. I haven't been rolling well tonight, though. It's not happening right now, but some point in the future. This is the point where it turns. Is there a way I can help Bernie with this this roller somehow? In the future, how would you help if she started to do this? What would you do? Well, I'd probably just get her imagination going, talking about hiring the Mudrons and putting them in high waistcoats with long tails to play harpsichord or whatever instruments or whatever volunteer instruments. Well, Jack, aren't you a aren't you a noble? I am definitely a noble. You've done this dance. You can tell her where to place. Oh, that's the a good point. Yeah, yeah. So, granted, there are many different kinds of dances. There's like, I mean, I feel like a lot of what Travacor is familiar with is going to be like Bangra and stuff because mm. of Prakanum. Yeah, you went to Cotillion. You went to like Prakani's. A cotillion, you're gonna tell me how to do the waltz. I will say with that, Bernie, you have advantage on this performance check. This is good. I like the idea that Bernie requests a waltz and you give her like a masala bongra. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Cheers. That's really, really good because Mm -hmm. the first roll was a natural future. And the second roll was a natural 20. So, Prakani's waltz it is. Bernie and Travancore, after working together to lay down some, some fine dust, you figure it out at this point that these animated objects will just keep things clean. You don't need that much. And so you lay down some fine dust in just the right patterns, in just the right way, so that when the broom and the dustpan come out, well, Travancore, describe the dance that they're doing, because Bernie has laid this out perfectly for them to dance to. So I think it's going to resemble a traditional Indian dance called a koladi. And a koladi, basically what it is, it's like involves two like sticks and like dancers will hit the sticks against each other and do like sort of like very flowing fluid moves, basically. So Travancore will lay it out such a way that the brooms will hit each other like it's a koladi, basically. Nice. And um, <laughs> if I time permitting, I might get either Vodrons or whatever musicians I can find from Waterdeep or wherever to like play like music appropriate to this. Or just the the heralds, not the... Lowercase h heralds, I guess. The ones who, like, and the dwarven band, too, to, like, sort of do some stuff with that. At some point in the future, the two of you have a lovely time watching these animated brooms and dustpans dance this this gorgeous dance. And Bernie, all these future plans go through your head as you are standing there looking at the, the closet full of brooms and dustpans. Guys, there's a whole lot of um, danceable uh, uh, cleaning supplies. And is at this point, Jonathan and uh, Carlton have come out of their viewing room. And you are all at least within shouting distance of each other again. There's a kitchen. It looks really nice. Wow. What? What? <laughs> Why didn't you open with that? Carlton, like, linebacker rushes to the kitchen. Carlton, nicely appointed kitchen. 
like everything is clean. It's got plenty of space. Anything that you could think of for a Faerunian modern day kitchen seems to be available here. Uh, do I see the floating food? There's no floating food. Uh, you do see there's like some spices on a spice rack, but there's there's not much else. Just every once in a while, you see like a piece of one of the utensils get picked up and hung on a, Put away. a rack it. somewhere. Yeah. Just like something get moved as if an invisible person has just moved something. And uh, so Carlton's going to be like, all right, that's I got I, I have a kitchen helper. That's that's nice. What's the story of the South, kitchen helper? Uh, if you ask that, nobody responds. All right, well, then I go and open the door to the South. All right. You open that door and you see a dining room. Oh. Very well-appointed but gaudy dining room. There is a giant live edge, what looks like oak table in the center with space enough for easily eight, ten people, high-backed oak chairs. The same purple gold aesthetic is in here, and the walls are covered with tapestries that are of chromatic dragons. There is a a blue, a green, and a black, all of them in some state of roaring and expelling their, their breath weapon. There's a dining set on the table in the position that you would expect like a fancy dining set to be. So there's the the plate and then the smaller plate and then the bowl and all the utensils. And it's, it seems to be made of this green marble, really kind of fancy. And there's a little bell sitting in the middle of the table. And you do see the door that would lead back into the hallway in this room. And I would anticipate, like, based on the size that it leads back to that other door I saw outside, but skipped around. Oh, yeah. Both of you, both of you would totally know that. You know what I'm going to do, Lauren? I'm going to ring that bell. I love it. Are you still standing in the doorway from the kitchen to the dining no, room? No, well, I had to go get the bell, so I'd be at the table. Okay, Bernie, where are you at this moment? Bernie has kind of followed him in because she's hoping for more, like, fun, like, animated objects. Okay. But she's not in the doorway. She's sort of just, like, kind of walking around. Okay. And Travancore and Jonathan, where are you at this moment as the bell rings? Jonathan is checking out the kitchen, and he's like, I never really thought about this, but, but Jonathan the Magic Muscular feels that kitchens are like laboratories for the taste buds. Does anybody else hear him say that? Are we oh, God, I hope so. Hearing proximity. <laughs> Guy, guiding bulks slams through the door. <laughs> so I'll say the Travancore's curiosity got the better of him, and he started walking north towards uh, what you're calling door number three that's up to the northeast corner. And he's about to open it when he hears the bell ring, and then he hears Jonathan say that, and he heads back. So uh, Travancore, it's going to take you a moment. It's not that far away. Uh, as the bell rings, Jonathan, you're gently pushed from where you were standing. And suddenly the kitchen comes to life as though there's a bunch of invisible people in here who have just suddenly started making food. Bernie, you and Carlton hear the noise from inside the kitchen and all of the chairs in the dining room scooch back about four or five inches as though someone had pulled them out from the table. And Jonathan, you see that the activity in the kitchen, it's as though... A bunch of people are starting to prepare a meal. You just don't see anybody. You see stuff Ooh. appearing. You see cabinets being opened. You do notice very little food is actually being prepared. Like you don't see vegetables or fruits and meats and breads. You don't really see any of that besides like spices and a couple of other dried goods. But every once in a while... Out of one of the cupboards, something gets pulled out that kind of just looks like hardtack. And then they're using this hardtack and it's being fried, it's being boiled, it's being cooked, it's being ground. It like hardtack is going everywhere. Uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular does recognize. You know what? We're, we're in the mood to kick off stupid spells, right? Sure. Yeah, let's do some stupid spells. Do a spell. Ah, yes. Six level spell, true seeing. Okay. Let me double check. Oh, yeah, because you can see invisible things, right? Mm -hmm. Perfect. You see six invisible servants, unseen servants, have started moving throughout this space, preparing a meal. 
yeah, it, it, Jonathan the Magic Muscular kind of figured, but yeah, jo- Jonathan the Magic Muscular, his spell finger is tr- feeling a little itchy. Get to cast something. Well, and it'll last for a while, so. Travancore's about this time that you come to the doorway leading into the kitchen and see the commotion? Anything interesting? I like that's what Travancore calls out. I mean, invisible things making shit. That's pretty interesting. I don't know. Maybe we're just jaded. I think it's cool. Carlton and Bernie, would you like to sit at the table? Uh, yes. Of course. All right. Bernie says, we haven't been on a friend date in ages, Carlton. Let's do this. I know. But Lauren, <laughs> you should know, every room that has a chair in this goddamn tower will have my ass groove in it. I'm, I'm looking forward to your ass groove being everywhere. The two of you sit at the table. Travancore and Jonathan, as if you continue to watch in the kitchen, unless it's obvious that you're going to get in the way, nobody bothers you. Nobody stops you from being in the kitchen. Jonathan, because you've got true seeing, you can see when one of the unseen servants is coming towards you. If you don't move, they just kind of gently push you. It's, it's an implacable force that you cannot stop no matter how hard you try. Travancore, every once in a while, if you enter into the kitchen and all of a sudden, you're just kind of very gently scooted out of the way. And uh, 10, 15 minutes later, Bernie and Carlton, two large trays come out to you being held by what all you can tell is invisible people. Maybe they're just floating. And a goblet of wine, a wine bottle. And you are served in your gorgeous, but maybe a little gaudy green marble dining set. Okay. Bernie, go ahead and roll a, go ahead and roll a wisdom check for me. Okay, just regular wisdom. I got a really big, oh, hold on, I'm muted. Yeah, I'm muted. I got a pretty big plus to wisdom. I believe you are muted. Well, that's a saving throw. That's what we want, though, is a wisdom save, right? You do. A wisdom check to identify food. Hmm. This, uh, this is going to be good. That's a 21. Bernie, you are very familiar with the spell Create Food and Water. You know this spell. You have this spell. You've cast this spell. I also have Create Cheese, cheese Board. You do. But uh, you know what Wendergod's Tower does not have is the Create Cheese Plate. What it does seem to have is Create Food and Water. You do know the food that it creates is basically bland hardtack. And as you're looking over this meal that seems to include the wine being poured out of the wine seems to be real wine, but everything else, what looks like it might be a stew, what looks like it might be some kind of mutton, what looks like it would have been vegetables, maybe deep fried, it's all made out of hardtack. Brady gets, oh, wow, this looks really, um, it looks, and and then she looks at Carlton. She goes, "It's hard deck. The whole thing's hard deck." I think I don't want to hurt their feelings. Just, 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 just. Mmm, so good, yummy, yummy. Do you actually eat some? Yes. I don't want to offend them. There are servants now. It's bland. There are a couple spices added here and there. What would be appropriate spices for whatever the food is that these unseen servants were obviously trying to make? Imagine if someone only had spam to work with. Mm. This is what has happened. You know, the Hawaiians used spam to great effect. Oh, yeah. Spam masubi is great. So this is why it is doubly disappointing. <laughs> yeah, the heart attack is not nearly as versatile as spam is, but like the fact that you can mold it into shapes or, you know, do stuff to it. But in the right hands. Jonathan, you think that you've seen out of one cupboard that seems to be maybe casting this spell, that's where all the hard tack has been coming from. Mm. Maybe we'll teach the cupboard a new spell. As the unseen servants are like, gonna scooch by a little here. Just say it very softly. Gonna just, just scooch by this right here. Yeah, thank you. No one stops just, you. Just... It's just if you happen to be in the way, they, they push you out of the way. But they don't stop right. you from going anywhere. Just gonna scooch on by. You're being served hard tech a la mode. Um, <coughs> well, Bernie's gonna be take a polite bite, and she's and she's gonna go, wow, I'm very small, and that was enough for five days, and then say, so good, and uh, drop her napkin and push back from the table and just say, Carlton, enjoy. And- <laughs> Carlton, do you continue to eat? I, I 
don't want to offend them. I go to the kitchen to grab some more spices and try to be the right hands for this meal. <laughs> All right. Uh, what what are we letting you use as a for your cooking? Because uh, you've got cooking utensils and you're proficient in that. Yeah. What were we using for that? I've forgotten. I think it was a sleight of hand is what you had me use and performances. Give me give me a dexterity check and add your proficiency bonus because this is for your cooking. To see if you can salvage something out of this with spices. All right. Uh, so that's a 21, 27. With a 27, what you eventually figure out is nothing actually saves the hardtack, but you find hot sauce. Oh, great. <laughs> I will burn away the bland. It's good hot sauce. It's 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 got that crust at the top that's obvious it hasn't been opened in forever, but it's hot sauce. It's vinegar. It doesn't go bad. Great. So you can basically cover any of this in hot sauce. All right, I add the hot sauce to the bag of holding along with the spices. All right. Bernie, as you have gotten up and started to leave the kitchen, an unseen servant comes and takes all of your plates and brings it back to the kitchen where it starts to get cleaned. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, then visit us at distinguishedadventurers.com. There you can find links to our podcast and social media, pictures and bios of our cast, info on our Patreon, and much more. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our Patreon patrons and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Forrest from Stabby Quest, Jesse Florence, Nate Zakari, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.